stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm joined by Zach's Director of Research, Shiraz Mian, who is also our earnings guru here at Zach's to talk about the upcoming earnings season. We've had him on many times before on the podcast to talk about this very thing, and I feel like every time he's on, I'm always like, this quarter is so important. What will it tell us? But this quarter is a little different than what we've seen over the last couple, I feel, because in those quarters, we were waiting for the big drop to come. Like, how bad was it going to get as the earnings estimates had come down and everybody was expecting a recession at any moment? But things seem to be going the other direction now. And I'm even hearing people on, you know, CNBC and various other places talking about how uh, the analysts are getting it wrong and these earnings estimates are just wrong. They can't be going back up now. They have to be coming down. So they're all saying we're in for some kind of big surprise during this earnings season. But we've had a couple of weeks of the fiscal earnings reporting companies like Nike and Micron, and we even had some home builders like Lennar and KB Home, and none of them are saying, you know, the doom and the gloom. None of them cut their estimates and, you know, are saying that things look suddenly terrible or, you know, anything different than what we've seen for the last like six months. So Shiraz, welcome back to the podcast in this kind of, you know, strange time to have, uh, you know, the earnings season starting. What do you make about all of this angst about earnings and about how it's wrong or, you know, the analysts are getting it wrong? What do you think? I think, uh, and thanks for having me, Tracy. I think it's the same cohort that uh, that was telling us two to three quarters back that this coming quarter now is the onset of the cliff. Uh, we will, we will not only have across the board management teams talking down the outlook and trends in their businesses, uh, uh, uh for the preceding quarter, but will also tell us uh, how bad the coming quarters are, and, uh, and they they would push it then forward. Okay, uh, last quarter was okay, so this time we will see it uh, like you uh, you alluded to, uh, and and finally that group uh, uh, stopped making uh, the doom and gloom uh, predictions, and now have joined the bandwagon of these estimates are wrong. They are. Uh, uh, they are. Um, I was I was uh, listening to someone uh, watching someone on CNBC, uh, and they were saying, you know, it makes no sense for estimates to be going up, uh, given uh, given what the outlook for the economy is. And if we step back, uh, Tracy, from uh, from the estimates and from earnings, it goes down to the basic macro question: if you fall in the camp that we are heading towards a recession and a nasty one for that. 
Uh, then you, uh, then you have to, uh, extend that argument to earnings and revenues and, uh, and, and market multiples and all of those things. And uh, as you know, I have always been skeptical of the, of the super nasty recession view. I always thought even if we were heading into a recession, it will be a garden variety technical type of a recession where the labor market will remain intact. The households, by and large, will retain their financial firepower. And uh, yes, a recession is bad, and it has negative implications for the stock market and for earnings, but it will not be as bad as what we saw as a result of COVID or the great financial crisis, uh, which is our recent memory of recessions. And thankfully, uh, the economy has proved to be a lot more resilient. Uh, but with now with interest rates going up, some of those worries have come back. Uh, and we have to, we just have to deal with this new round of skepticism about estimates and the earnings outlook. Yeah, I, I keep seeing people talking about, you know, something's going to break again, like we had with the banks earlier in the year when the rates had risen at the end of last year. People are nervous again that these rising rates are going to gonna unveil something that's not pleasant. And it's, it, it could very well be the case. We don't know. Um, the question that I always struggled with in the recession question, Tracy, is that if you have the unemployment rate in the labor market as strong as it is today, and if household balance sheets, even though they have weakened a little bit relative to what they were about a year ago, they are still, in terms of like household leverage, uh, uh, household debt, as a share of household disposable income or total income, these are at historically low levels. So when we uh, when we look at it in a big picture sense, you need to see the labor market break down for unemployment rate to start going up uh, as the starting point for anything uh, uh, that one could start uh, kind of uh, uh, factoring into the outlook that, yes, we are finally getting into uh, that Armageddon scenario uh, that the skeptics were warning us of. If the labor market remains intact, it's hard to see a, a, a nasty recession. Yeah, that's the the side I'm on as well. Sure. Um, so let's go back to this quarter's earnings, third quarter third quarter earnings sure. and what you're seeing in those numbers. Obviously it's a look back always uh, and a big part of the earnings season will be on guidance and you know, all of that and what the companies say on the conference calls. But I thought there was some interesting dynamics going on in uh, the data that you have for the third quarter. So one of the things I did think was interesting is that energy still looks terrible on the earnings side because crude was still in the 60s to start the quarter. So those those have come way down from last year. But if you strip out energy, it doesn't look that bad. It's not. It's, it's actually not. Yeah, so the... Uh 
the Q3, the expectation is for a modest year-over-year decline in earnings. We are talking about the S&P 500 as a whole, about a 2% decline, 1.9, 1.8% to be precise. And if you strip out the big decline in energy, uh, which has since started reversing, though, uh, not to steal your thunder, maybe you were going to talk about that, but in Q3, uh, there was a big uh, negative comparison, the year-over-year comparison Q3, 23 to Q3, 22. Uh, but if you strip out energy, then Q3 is on track to be the first positive, modestly positive earnings number uh, after four, five, six quarters of year-over-year decline, about a 3% for the S&P 500. So on the whole, uh, in terms of revisions, Tracy, uh, earnings for the energy sector kept coming down from the start of the quarter to mostly almost through the end of it. But there were a number of other key sectors like technology, like construction, consumer-centric sectors like retail and discretionary. Uh, The outlook for those sectors kept improving. So estimates for Q3 over this three-month period from the beginning of July through the end of September kept improving for those uh, for those four or five sectors, some very important ones like technology. Uh, and on an ex-energy basis, estimates in the aggregate for Q3 are modestly up. Uh, with energy included, it's just a shade in the negative territory. So a very... A very stable earnings outlook, in other words, from the start of Q3 through the end of Q3. Uh, and we are seeing that trend at play uh, for, uh, for for Q4 as well. Yeah, I, I saw um, in in your article on Zacks.com that you put out every week that six out of the 16 Zacks sectors since the quarter began have those rising estimates and you just outlined who they were. Um, I wanted to put up for the video podcast people um, a good chart from your article that kind of uh, lays out a little bit of what what sectors are big out there. So when you're talking about these things about, you know, oh, estimates have increased in this sector or that one, you can kind of see visually. And this chart is the percentage share of the market cap of the S&P 500. Obviously, the biggest one out of the six that are seeing the increases is down here with the technology. And it's now 34.1%. And um, I did notice also in your article, there are some groups that have the negative estimates for that quarter. And those are like basic materials, transportation, consumer discretionary, and then energy that we've been talking about. But when you look on this chart at those sectors, they're all mostly small. Um, even even I was surprised by consumer discretionary. It's up here. I'm circling it. It's only 3.1% of the market cap. And then, you know, I mentioned basic materials. So these are the ones where it's still, you know, the estimates were going down. And then we had the oil and energy. It's 4.7 over here. It's not even 5% yet. Um, But I am surprised one that's not on the list and that is finance. 
I, I was kind of expecting it after everything that happened in the spring to, that the finance group would also still be declining, but it's not on there. So I guess finance is not. And so estimates for finance have been coming down. Uh, and they did come down in Q3 as well, but not to the same magnitude as the ones you mentioned here. Uh, and it again goes, uh, goes back to the same point we were making earlier, Tracy, and that's the resilience and stability of the economy. Uh, so, uh, so yes, these, these rising rates that we are seeing now becomes a new, a start of a new headwind for, for, for financials. Uh, and we'll perhaps see that in estimates for Q4 as well as for 2024. Uh, but on the whole, finance has been very stable, uh, particularly uh, the large uh, money center banks uh, and the large regionals. Uh, they are, uh, 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 they're not doing as good as tech or some of these other areas, but they are not really uh, doing that bad either. Okay. That's definitely something uh, everybody will be watching at the beginning of this earnings season, obviously. Uh, let's switch back to tech because isn't that what everybody cares about right now? Oh. We just do the, you know, the Magnificent Seven, the top big tech titans that are driving this market. And in this week's earnings uh, article, you did talk about what is going on with some of them and with the earnings with them. And I put up the chart that you included in there about NVIDIA, ticker NVDA, of course. And this chart shows the evolution of the uh, estimates revisions over the quarter. And so what what is this telling us when I look at that's right. So, so we were talking in the aggregate earlier when I mentioned that estimates for the tech sector have actually gone up in Q3 from the start of the, Q, the quarter uh, to, uh, to today. We saw that with Q2 as well, Tracy, just for the record. But in here, what I'm giving as an example is uh, to, uh, to readers that it's not an abstract observation that estimates have gone up, you could see that in the revisions trends for the stocks you're looking at. And as an example, I showed NVIDIA, and you could see here NVIDIA on that day when I published the note, uh, the estimate for Q3 was uh, 332. And, um, uh, and, and I can't see what the uh, starting number is, but it's $2.22, I believe. Two two forty six is the, the August no. one. Well, I guess yeah, it's two twenty two at the end of July. Yeah, so at the end of July, yes, so two twenty two at the end of July and three thirty two today. So over a two and a half three month period, such a such a notable and significant uh, acceleration in, uh, in in earnings estimates for Nvidia, and this also addresses one of the questions or, or comments the market skeptics make about why the market has had this positive follow-through up to this time in the year, that there is a lot of uh, irrational exuberance about AI and what it will do to, uh, uh, to the economy and, and profitability. Uh, and perhaps there is some 
uh, some of that. There always is. Uh, but at least in the case of NVIDIA, you could see that they are actually making money off of the development. So uh, estimates for NVIDIA are going up. Uh, they went up for Q3. They are going up for Q4. They are also going up for 2024 and 2025. Uh, and that's that's just a fact. Uh, uh, they, they simply can't sell enough of those chips. Right, right. And even if you discount NVIDIA, if you say, oh, well, that's just an NVIDIA story, you know, everybody else isn't doing that. You also include Meta's, uh, the same chart for Meta here, Meta Platforms, uh, you know, Facebook and company. And sure, they're in the AI area too, but not the same way as NVIDIA, seeing the direct impact of it already. And these estimate revisions are pretty incredible too. Absolutely. It's the same, the same concept, Tracy. And there's, there's the added element here, which is somewhat cyclical. Uh, we know that Meta and, uh, uh, and also Google, uh, Alphabet and to a smaller extent, Amazon too, but in a host of other websites that depend to a large extent on digital advertising and uh, in the last earnings uh, uh, call, Meta did mention, uh, as did uh, Alphabet and others, stabilization in the ad market. So, so this goes on to the uh, the, uh, the the macro comment we are making about the economy that uh, a company like Meta, which is uh, which is so exposed to a uh, a relatively volatile business activity like uh, digital advertising is seeing positive trends in its business, and we see that in estimates for uh, for Meta. And you could you could see that with uh, uh, with a host of other uh, comparable companies too. Uh, yeah, I think it's really interesting. You know that they are commenting that there is this stabilization in the ads because that comes. Uh, the downturn in the ads is the first sign of a recession. You don't you don't get stabilization heading into a recession, no. And we know even from the COVID time period that those ads, you know, they fell off a cliff for for Alphabet, especially right when COVID hit. Not surprising, as everybody cut any kind of advertising budget immediately, but. Once that turned, we were coming out of that recession by the time, you know, Alphabet said, hey, things are looking up again in the ad side of things. Um, I did want to show in your article, you have separate charts for what you call the big seven tech players. And that includes Apple, Amazon, Meta, Google, Microsoft, NVIDIA, and Tesla in just this data. So basically the magnificent seven, as, uh, as other people call them. And this chart is the quarterly earnings and revenue growth that's expected and this this chart looks pretty bullish. Is is am I seeing the correct thing there? Is this what, okay? Yes. So uh, so what happened with tech, and particularly with these big seven, some of whom, as you know, are not technically in the tech sector. Like we in our classifications don't have them in tech. Amazon we put in retail. Tesla we put in the autos. Um, 
but what happened with the tech in general in this group in particular, that starting at the beginning of 2022, uh, the uh, the unusual growth spurt that we saw with these companies, starting with almost the second quarter of 2020, remember back in the dark days of COVID, uh, these these companies just shot up in in revenues, in earnings, in margin. And then 2021 was a huge win for them. Uh, and that continued through the first half of 2022. The second half of 2022, uh, the earnings outlook for these players completely turned on its head. Uh, and we are starting to see them becoming, uh, again, the growth driver. So, yes, it's a very bullish sign. Uh, we always looked at Meta and Tesla and Amazon. Uh, as big growth companies, and uh, uh, they had, uh, it appears, about a year or so of of digesting uh, or adjusting for the huge growth they had in uh, in 2021 and, and, and a bit in 2022. So 2023 was a tough period, but they are resuming their that growth profile. Uh, and and, and they are having their outsized role for tech as well as for uh, for, for the broader S&P 500. Yeah. Uh, you know, we had all those layoffs at the end of 2022 there, sure. well, maybe kind of starting in the middle of 2022 into the end of 2022 and a little bit in the beginning of 2023. But those have mostly died off so much so at, at these companies, at the big seven, that uh, people who are tracking it have stopped tracking the layoff announcements because there haven't been any. And I do think, you know, if people are looking at this chart, they should remember that it is year over year. So uh, last year's, the third quarter was when some of those layoffs were happening. So it would have been pretty weak. So seeing like this 34.2% increase expected for the third quarter here is because last year was a more weak quarter and the same with the fourth quarter with this 55% expected. Um, that's all year over year, but they still, the analysts are bullish even going out into 2024 because they still have double digit earnings growth expected the next couple of quarters there too. And also the revenues, Tracy, take a look at the revenues number there. Uh, uh, the, the earnings, yes, you cut out a chunk of your payroll, so that boosts your margin. Uh, but look at the revenues number. Uh, uh, even in this chart, which just shows five periods, you have a steady uptrend uh, in revenues. Uh, for uh, uh, And it completely uh, removes the seasonality effects or anything like it. So you have 10.7%, and these are huge companes. Right, right. Uh, so to even do ten point seven is amazing. Right. So yeah, and then twelve, thirteen. Yeah. That's 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 pretty yeah. impressive top line growth. Yeah, I mean to see fifteen point one on the second quarter of twenty four possibly is Absolutely. just huge for Absolutely. these companies. Um, and then you also you have a chart of the full year as well in here for the big seven, and uh, this this 
basically shows somewhat what we just covered here as 2021, you know, 30% growth in revenue in 21. And then this year, well, 2022, it did drop all the way back down to 10.6, but still stayed in the positive. Then this year expected to be 5.7 on the revenue side. And next year we have the estimates of 12, whoops, drawing a little crazy here, 12.6 for next year. But that's, you know, doubling. Absolutely. And you could see here that uh, when we were in 2021, we obviously didn't know that there will be a day of reckoning for that record profitability. We all thought, the, you know, that's how, that's how the, uh, the world will be. Um, and we had some, some period of pain in 2022 when we realized that these companies had pulled forward some of those sales and some of those profitability. And then, as you mentioned, they had to reduce headcount and, and bring their operations. Meta obviously was talking about that multi-billion dollar expansion into the metaverse. Uh, I think uh, that talk has kind of died down too, or maybe uh, they are talking in hushed tones about that now. Um <laughs> Maybe they'll uh, but, change their name, Shiraz. Maybe but, maybe they'll go back. Maybe they'll be but, Facebook again. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but, it's, uh, but, but it seems like that period of adjustment in 2022 uh, and part of 2023, it's coming to an end. And, and, and we, are, we are going back to kind of the growth trajectory that these companies had pre-COVID, which was pretty impressive to begin with. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even just on this chart, look at 2018, revenue up 27.4% that year um, and you know, earnings up 33. And actually, if I was looking at this chart, which does start in 2018 and goes through 2025, it uh, I would have thought if, if I didn't know better that the um, COVID actually hit in 2019. Because, you know, we had earnings up only 1%, revenue up only 12% that year. So that looks like the slow year, not 2020. But we do know that several of these companies were big beneficiaries of what happened during the lockdowns, especially Amazon with uh, all the deliveries they were making. So, uh, you know, you can't really pick out COVID on this chart, really. That's right. I think the uh, these companies and a host of others too, I believe we, uh, the country implemented uh, the previous administration's tax cuts uh, in 2018, which was, uh, a big benefit to the uh, uh, to the entire. Uh, it just kind of in, a big chunk of revenues just dropped down to the bottom line, uh, and then 2019 just essentially remained unchanged. So uh, a big boost in 2018 was the tax cuts, uh, and then 2019 was a flat year, and then we got COVID in 2020, and then COVID turned out to be a huge boon for these companies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's kind of wrap this up with what else we should be looking at. Like, it, are there any companies, you know, in certain sectors that you think 
people should really be following this earning season outside of technology? I mean, I'm going to be following the energy to some extent, but I, I do think the earnings are going to be rising there. So there's not a real sh- surprise and their, their outlook should be pretty good for the next quarter. But uh, should I be tuning into the banks? Should it be like construction? That area has been pretty hot or what do you think? Absolutely. I think banks, um, I do want everyone to read the transcripts for, say, a JP Morgan or a Bank of America because they touch their business, touches big chunks of the economy in a variety of ways that gives them a read on trends in the economy that, that few other companies uh, are able to do that. And, and both of the managements of those companies, particularly JP Morgan, uh, are very transparent in their comments uh, and outlook about what's happening to the economy. Since so much of our uncertainty about earnings and the market uh, is centered on what will happen to the economy, uh, someone like the CEO of JP Morgan assuring us that he doesn't see any particular problematic area uh, that will push us there, I think will be a useful thing to know. Uh, So I will definitely watch those. Uh, Perhaps some of the smaller regionals too, because that will tell us what's happening with commercial real estate, even though we have been talking about commercial real estate for a while now, uh, particularly uh, the office sector and how uh, parts of the country, uh, the offices have been struggling uh, to repopulate uh, to, uh, to to pre-COVID levels. Um, and, and we'll get an update on this uh, from, uh, from, from the banks. But beyond uh, financials, I think the construction sector is useful. You mentioned that uh, Lenar reported uh, what they see in in terms of demand, for example, uh, for, uh, uh, for, for for the, for the houses they are building, uh, given the high interest rates that we have at present, uh, and uh, that that tells us a lot about the impact of high interest rates on consumer spending. Housing, as you know, is as big a, a purchase uh, as any normal family, average family. Uh, makes uh, in their entire lifetime, so it's a uh, it, it's 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 really uh, uh, impacted by what happens to interest rates. So it's it's, it's useful to know uh, uh, how trends on that front uh, are expected to unfold. The revisions trend has been favorable. Uh, we are seeing their estimates for the construction sector. As you know, we have a standalone construction sector. Unlike the official Standard & Poor's gigs where construction is kind of clubbed into the industrial area. Uh, so it, it gives us a better read on trends in construction. And that read has been positive thus far. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if that continues uh, through the remainder uh, of the year. Yeah. On the home builder side, if you want to tune in to uh a couple of them, but the biggest one I would recommend is Pulte Group, ticker PHM. 
they report at the end of October and they're the largest publicly traded home builder. I've, I think they're in almost 30 states now. So they are going to be able to provide, you know, basically the, the biggest overall view on what is going on out there for both like the, the first time buyers, the move ups, and then even the active adults, you know, over 55. So, um, I like how they say that always active adults. <laughs> um, but uh, what about some of the actual construction uh, companies, maybe like a Sterling? Um, I'm trying to think of who else might be in there, but a lot of them who are involved in some of the big infrastructure build outs or even like EV battery plants or data centers and that kind of thing, that seems to be an area where the earnings estimates are also on the rise. Sure. The, the, outlook, uh, the outlook for that uh, commercial construction and commercial real estate uh, uh, area has been positive for some time now. This is, in fact, the second back-to-back -back administration where, from a public policy standpoint, there has been a push towards more infrastructure spending, encouraging more manufacturing domestically, uh, and there is a, a pretty a pretty large uh, a federal allocation already uh, to those areas, which which will keep trickling down to the economy and these companies. So I think the uh, the outlook for that is pretty good. Um, uh, whether that's uh, infrastructure, whether that's uh, the data center isn't so much tied to government spending, but rather the outlook for AI uh, and, and the growth in that area. And then the need for these companies to continue upgrading their ability uh, to have the processing power uh, and uh, their data center capability. So that will continue to be a uh, a growth area too, but we are building chip factories. We, who amongst us could have could have imagined ten years ago uh, that the U.S. will be building chip factories and there will be subsidies from the federal government for that? Uh, and we actually are building those. So uh, there is a, there is a whole knock-on positive effects of that in the real economy as well as in the corporate economy. Uh, and it's uh, it has positive implications for earnings uh, and uh, S and P five hundred revenues. So yes, that's a that that's a good area. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, this has been uh, very helpful, Shiraz, in you know taking a look at what is expected this earnings season, as always, and trying to cut through some of that noise that's out there about what what is going to happen this earning season and maybe some of the guidance that will be coming, but we'll see. We'll see when those reports start flowing in. Uh, but let me recap the tickers now that we did talk about. So there was, of course, and there always is, it seems right now, NVIDIA, ticker NVDA. We did mention Alphabet, but we didn't show the chart for that one, but that uh, also an interesting chart, ticker G-O-O-G-L, uh, Meta, is M-E-T-A, 
Uh, we mentioned Amazon because, uh, you know, they were one of the big winners in the pandemic. So that ticker AMZN. Then on the banking side, you might want to tune in to JP Morgan and Jamie Dimon to find out what's going on in the economy and in the banking sector. JPM is the ticker there. And then at the end there, I mentioned Sterling on the construction side. I do own it in Zach's value investor portfolio. Ticker is S. T is in Tom, R, L is in Larry, and they are headquartered in Texas. For some reason, I thought they were in Michigan on a prior podcast, but no, uh, someone wrote in to tell me they're in Texas and they certainly are. So that's Sterling Construction in Texas. So be sure to subscribe to get all of our podcasts. You can get us on Zach's dot com slash youtube we're on youtube now with the video podcasts you can find them there but you can get all the audio podcasts of course in your usual places like apple spotify amazon music we're on soundcloud just about anywhere you can get podcasts you can get us but be sure to get either the video or the audio somewhere and i'll see you again next week with some more stocks This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.